0: Welcome to another episode of From the Newsroom, the weekly podcast of the Holland Sentinel. I am reporter Arpan Lobo, and today I am joined by managing editor Audrey Gamble and fellow reporter Carolyn Myskins. And we are here to talk about all the results from last night's elections. Um, today is Wednesday, March 11th. We're going to talk about the presidential primary, of course, but also a couple of local races, namely the Park Township Airport Millage and the Saugatook Schools Bond. So if, in case you don't know, this is the 1st year you're uh, hearing about this. <laughs>
1: Hello, everyone. <laughs>
0: uh, Joe Biden won the Michigan presidential primary last night by a, a 16 point margin. The Park Township Airport Millage failed. Uh, Audra, what was the result on that one?
1: Um, I'm actually going to throw that over to Carolyn for the exact numbers. But it was a, a pretty
2: resounding loss for the for the yes camp right yeah it was I've got 44 percent 44 percent said yes so 56 no it was by over a thousand votes actually that it failed and I just want to point out that it's not really a traditional millage I mean it was a millage but it was actually more of a referendum on whether the airport will stay open and that's how the township's board has described it so the result of a failed millage is not just that, oh, they can't, you know, fund some improvements to the airport. It's a, it actually means that the airport is going to close to all airport use. I mean, airplane use, excuse me. So the runway is going to be stripped sometime this fall, and it's going to close to airplane use. So it was a little bit different in that sense uh, than a traditional millage.
0: That is significant. And then lastly, the Saugatuck school bond uh, passed after, I believe this was the third time it was introduced. It only failed by a handful of votes last May, but this time it overwhelmingly passed 61% to 39% in favor of that. And that is significant for that school district, which had been uh, struggling to try and get some improvements uh, to its facilities. But anyway, I guess we'll, we'll delve back in locally really quickly to the Park Township uh, uh, millage and and. Carolyn you've been covering this extensively for the past few weeks and we at the Sentinel have gotten a lot of response from readers on both sides who are very passionate about um, this issue so I guess what, what what's kind of what are your takeaways from this entire ordeal and as you mentioned that really this is the end of the airport and uh, you posted on Twitter last night there is a sign. At the, at the airport with the um, words goodbye forever. So I um, think things got a little uh, dramatic there. But what are kind of the takeaways from this entire kind of uh, vote that uh, y- you have going forward?
2: Yeah, if you've taken a glance at the opinion page lately of the Holland Sentinel, you will know that this race was, I think, pretty emotional for the people pilots in the aviation community here who really was fighting pretty hard to save this airport i think the 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 campaigns got a little heated at times there were some accusations about township trustees wanting to you know develop the land for their own self-interest and i think i would just point out that they've all All of the township trustees have gone on record unanimously to say that they would like to see this land um, kept for public use and turned into some kind of of thing that's going to be more accessible for the broader public. So we don't know what that's going to be yet. I think we're going to see some kind of public process, some kind of... Visioning, um, public input. I'm not sure what it's going to look like, but it's it is expected to be a, a a public land and kept that way. And and we're talking about about 70 acres of land here, right, Carolyn? Yeah. So it's actually a little complicated. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> as it, everything with this airport is a little bit complicated, as you'll learn if you dive into it a little bit. So the township has 80. I think it's. It's over 80 acres, 83 I think. But 10 of those acres are owned by the Chamber of Commerce, the West Coast Chamber of Commerce, and they were donated to the township on the condition that they were to be used for an airport. Ah, okay. So I think the township is going to ask the chamber to amend their contractor agreement or whatever it is that they have with the ch- with the chamber to change that to public use so that they can still have that that but otherwise yeah that so 10 acres of it might go back to the chamber that's a little up in the air
1: now i know that this is only (laughs) you know we're all kind of catching our breath from um a very hectic election night but do we have any sort of sense of you know when the township may start talking about what this process may look like or you know maybe hold a, a some sort of visioning meeting or even form a board of you know trying to get this process going because obviously they couldn't start a process before they knew whether the airport was going to stay or not
2: yeah I don't know I will be going to the township board actually has a meeting tomorrow so I will be there and we will see what they say then Yeah, they have until October to close the airport and kind of work through that process. So, yeah, I I think we'll just have to wait and see.
0: Okay. And then our other local races we mentioned before, the Saugatuck Schools Bond Millage. And we don't have to get into that. Um, That passed 61% uh, to 39%. Basically, uh, what that bond (laughs) plan will do is it'll allow for a lot of uh, restoration and kind of renovation of a lot of facilities.
1: Right. Yeah. So so like you alluded to earlier, Arpan, um, this is the third go-round for this millage. And um, last time it was kind of a nail-biter for the school district and it ended up losing by three whole votes. So when we say that your vote matters, especially in local elections, this is what we're talking about. Um, It was not quite as, um, you know, tense of a night for Saugatuck Public Schools Superintendent Tim Travis. He um, was pretty excited when our education reporter spoke to him on the phone last night. Um, So this is, it's going to be $35.6 million over 22 years. Um, and they're going to renovate Douglas Elementary and then Sagatuck Middle High School. So um, this isn't a, f- a full list, obviously, but some of the proposal upgrades include some classroom renovations, um, HVAC and kind of mechanical improvements, some new roofing, some new buses for the district. And then they're going to demolish the the current administration building and they're going to move those offices into the middle high school. So this is the the cheapest of the three versions it went originally it was around 50 million and then dropped to 40 million and now it's it's you know passed at that 35.6 million number so Um, You know, the superintendent um, said he was really excited to see, um, you know, how these changes are going to to impact the school and and the students and seemed, you know, ready to to get a shovel in his hand and start breaking ground on some of these projects.
0: All right. And then the major item I think the entire country was looking at last night was obviously the Democratic uh, presidential primary in Michigan. Michigan last night was one of six states up for grabs, but it was the largest one with 125 delegates up for grabs. And in an 83 county sweep, he didn't lose a single county. Former Vice President Joe Biden uh, defeated uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, right. who won the state in 2016,
1: pretty handily. It, right? It
0: was it was something to where, and we saw polls coming in very late, but polls were had Biden anywhere up from margins upwards of 25 points. Right. So, um, but still the 16 point percentage margin of victory for Biden. Um, really strikes a very large blow to Senator Sanders' campaign. Um,
1: Yeah, it was interesting to see, you know, kind of the the national news organizations pulling out, you know, talking about Kent Cody, talking about Ottawa County, it was a little fun to see that happening, you know, on CNN, as we were watching our, our local results come in. And, you know, it was pretty significant seeing how in 2016, Bernie Sanders won Ottawa County by nearly 30%. So to see that flip so much... Uh, you know, this year to to Biden winning, you know, 51% to Bernie's 39% in Ottawa County, you could see that there was a clear shift. And that kind of followed throughout the entire state as well.
0: Right. And there are discussions of what exactly caused that state. There are, um, I think one of the major talking points was the increased voter turnout. This was the first kind of major election under Michigan's new voting laws um, that was really had a statewide race. And we saw a huge jump in voter turnout for a primary. I believe it was over 300,000 more voters in...
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it was... Um, than the previous... Uh, Yeah, it was it was a pretty significant increase in certain demographics. It was not equal among all of the demographics. And I think that's partially why, you know, Biden won every single county instead of Bernie Sanders having some footholds. There was not as much. And this is something that we've talked about, you know, that happened on Super Tuesday, that 18 to 29 voter demographic just is not turning out in the numbers that Bernie Sanders needs in order to get, you know, a leg up on Biden. And actually, you know, Bernie Sanders had eight events in the state of Michigan, leading up to uh, Michigan's primary on what we've dubbed Important Tuesday, (laughs) Super Tuesday Light. Um, And, you know, he canceled campaign events in, in other states that were competing yesterday to stay in Michigan longer. Joe Biden was in Michigan one day. He held two events, one in Grand Rapids, one one on the east side. Um, so and now he did have quite a few surrogates. You know, he had hitting Amy Klobuchar and he was joined by Cory Booker and, and some other individuals, you know, throughout those stops. But, um, you know, in terms of like bang for your buck, I mean, Biden kind of ran away with a steal in terms of, you know, return on investment of time.
0: Right. And uh, you brought up that 18 to 29 demographic. And that is really, I think, that's that says it all as to why, you know, Sanders had such a disappointing right. night. It's just because th- those numbers weren't as strong as he needed them to be. Yeah. Um, and then we mentioned the new rules. And this was something that local clerks and Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson have been talking about for a while is the possibility that with the new rules where you can register on election day itself, that it might be difficult for local clerk's office if they're not given more resources because they have to not only register people to vote, but they have to count absentee ballots right. and tally up uh, the votes. It's, it's a very involved process.
1: Right. And, and we had this added layer this year of, you know, so many people cast their absentee ballots prior to their candidate dropping out. I mean, it was kind of this ongoing rolling list of okay who's out today for for quite a length of time and you know the last count that i saw from the secretary of state was upward of twenty thousand people had had spoiled their ballot and you know had submitted an absentee either changed their mind or their candidate dropped out and so they then had to go to their local clerk's office strike the ballot that they had submitted and submit a new one which you know certainly doesn't speed up the process that's for sure
0: Right, and and uh, with with the new rules, with the same day registration, we saw on several college campuses across the state huge lines. Right, absolutely, like people were waiting for upwards of an hour just to register. Yeah, and it, it was something to where I, I know a reporter tweeted a, a anecdote about there was a Michigan State student who was mm-hmm. waiting in line for over an hour. And then he said, you know, oh, this is BS. I have to go to work. And so he just yeah. couldn't vote. It was something to where, you know, this was the first time with these new rules. And it, it really, the clerks just didn't have, especially in, in spots, it was a lot on college campuses. Sure. There were huge lines in Ann Arbor. There were uh, the East Lansing lines. Well, it was and something that's- to where... Yeah, that's, um, that's
1: something that kind of habitually, it is very difficult. The system in place makes it very difficult for college students to vote um, because, you know, you vote in the middle of the week. It's a Tuesday. You maybe have classes. You have to work, you know, on campus or whatever. Um, these students can't necessarily drive to their hometown to, to do, you know, a, a, an in-person vote. And it it is a process to re-register somewhere else, like in a temporary or just like, say, your dorm or your apartment at college. Um, so, you know, that's partially why that 18 to 29 Voter demographic habitually has lower turnout than than our other age brackets going on, and I think that you could really see that need for that process to be simpler. Especially, you were talking about at MSU's campus, there were a lot of students who went to go, you know, register in person so that they could have a local polling place, and that's great. And you know, we're always encouraging people to to do their civic duty and be engaged. But um, we heard across the state that more than half of the people who registered in person yesterday got in line after 4.30 p.m. at their clerk's office to do that registration. So to clarify, you have to go to your clerk's office in person. You have to register. And then you have to go to your polling place and cast your ballot. So it's not like a one-stop-shop situation. So um, there were people, you know, we were seeing lots of photos from from around Michigan State saying, you know, there are still students in this line just to register, and it's already past 8 p.m., They've been in this line. Technically, they're still allowed to go vote and polls have technically closed. So um, it definitely made for some slower results in in areas of the state. But thankfully, um, kind of those bellwether counties and and those um, places that you're looking for, like like Macomb County and um, some of those areas that, you know, kind of the the pollsters are really focusing on to call um, the state race were able to to get up pretty quickly and we had the state of michigan called well before 10 o'clock
0: right right um it was something where they kind of waited for for the up counties that are in the central <laughs>
2: right time zone. yes once
0: those closed most of the major media outlets uh called it and right as, as we talk about this 18 to 29 graphic i want to reference a cnn exit poll that was uh that came out last night in michigan um for voters 65 and older 73 percent of them voted for uh vice president biden for voters uh between the ages of 18 to 29 82 percent of them voted for bernie sanders wow as it looks like vice president biden um will likely get the nomination and it's not mathematically impossible.
1: Sure. The race is not done. Right. There's still a lot of states to go. More than half. Right. There's
0: still it's very difficult for the Sanders campaign. He will need an unprecedented comeback.
1: Yeah. Sanders was really hoping for Michigan to be this kind of stopping block in in Joe Biden's way to say, you know, I I do have that, you know, broad coalition I've been talking about. I I can, you know, get the voters to turn out. And he was really hoping for that, you know, surprise victory like he had in, in 2016 in Michigan. And it just didn't happen. So that path forward for, for Bernie Sanders is starting to narrow as, as they go. Now, he still did receive a significant number of delegates in the state of Michigan. It's not like it's an all or nothing situation. It's a proportional thing. But it definitely, you know, that delegate math gets harder and harder to get to that 1,991 that you need to, to clinch that nomination.
0: Right. And as, as we talk about Joe Biden going forward, that becomes a major question for his campaign how do they get young voters to flip because right. there is it's clear that enthusiasm among millennial voters and young voters is not high right. for Joe Biden and this is a pivotal election obviously for the Democratic Party in November to um, prevent a re-election of President Donald Trump who if um, if, if I'm you know the, the Trump campaign right now I feel okay about <laughs> sure. where the where the Democratic Party is going yeah and um, what do you what do you think that is a feasible kind of path to pursue for the party to get these young voters over and enthusiastic about voting? for Joe
1: Yeah, Biden? I, I think that that's a great question. And it's something that the DNC needs to be looking at really closely right now. I thought it was pretty telling that Bernie Sanders did not speak at all last night. He just went home to Vermont. He,
0: he was scheduled uh, to do an event in Ohio. Right. Both he and Joe Biden were, but they canceled due um, to coronavirus. Coronavirus. Fears. Right. Uh, Biden went to Philadelphia? Yes, I believe, he did. And, yeah. and um, Sanders went back home to Burlington. Yeah.
1: Um, but in, you know, Joe Biden did speak, and I thought that there was this kind of moment in his speech that was really telling where he said, you know, I want to thank Bernie Sanders and all of his supporters, you know, for everything that they've done and we have the same goal and he kind of went on and on and that sort of language is generally withheld by candidates until they've clinched the nomination and they right. say, you know, thank you so much, you know, you kind of hear it when when the other candidates drop out. They say, "Oh, you know, thank you so much Amy Klobuchar for everything you've done. You've made this race, you know, so much better for it and these talking points that you've brought up, blah blah blah." It's kind of like the like farewell wave, but there is no farewell wave yet Bernie Sanders is still in. So, um um, you know it was very clear that that Joe Biden felt very confident about the results last night and you know is is excited to move ahead but there is this really big gap in excitement for these two candidates i think that um, there were a lot of people in Michigan, as we saw from some exit polls, that were like, you know, maybe Joe Biden wasn't my first pick. And I maybe wanted, you know, Mayor Pete or or Elizabeth Warren or someone else. But they made kind of a last minute decision of who do they think can beat Donald Trump. It's,
0: it's still a big question about electability. Right. I think that's still at the forefront of a lot of voters. Minds right. Because um, Joe Biden was, was was vice president under Barack Obama and has is, is promised a kind of return He called it a return to normal, Right. whereas Bernie Sanders said, no, we're not going to return to normal. He wanted a revolution. Normal gave us what we're in now. Yeah. And that's how I think how a lot of people feel. But a lot of people also just kind of you we know, don't want that return to normal. Sure. Um,
1: so I think it will be you know really fascinating to see um, what Joe Biden's campaign does and what what Donald Trump's campaign does as they kind of start to pivot from assuming Bernie Sanders would be the nominee to Joe Biden to see what they're going to do for those get out the vote efforts and try to you know pull those. Those 18 to 29 voters to go to the polls in November rather than staying home because the candidate they really wanted didn't, you know, make it all the way through. Because I think that that could be a real danger for Joe Biden. It, um, you know, if if young voters stay home, it could be a very promising sign for Donald Trump being reelected.
0: I think that's definitely true. And um, you you mentioned that we we've talked about the national picture. What were the numbers in Ottawa County for the? primary.
1: Yeah. um, Okay. So just kind of a quick little data breakdown here. So we had a total of 35,003 Democratic votes cast in Ottawa County. Um, So Joe Biden got 51% of those, not quite 18,000 votes. Bernie Sanders got um, 13,672, so a little over 39%. Tulsi Gabbard, who is in fact still in the race, got 263 votes. That's um, 0.8%. And then I just wanted to note that the last Democratic primary in 2016, um, Ottawa County had 21,736 voters. So from 2016 to 2020, that's a 61% increase in Democratic voters in the county. Um, so it's kind of a similar tale in Allegan County, too. From 2016 to 2020, we had a 49% increase of Democratic voters there are fewer voters in Allegan County just, you know, in total. So there were a little under 14,000 Democratic votes cast there last night. And about 55% of those went to Joe Biden and 35% went to Bernie Sanders. And Tulsi actually got the exact same number, 0.8%. Um, she had 109 votes in Allegan County. So it's, it's pretty similar to the statewide breakdown where Biden got around 53% and Bernie got around 36 and a half percent.
0: Now, Carolyn, I want to bring you back in because you and I were talking about this earlier this morning, where we were trying to figure out what exactly caused this flip for Bernie Sanders. Why wasn't he able why wasn't he able to capitalize on his 2016 win and kind of hold steady and win Michigan again? Um, what, what were the, the I know we, we there are a couple different things that we, we possibly talked about. We talked about maybe that there wasn't as much anti Hillary Clinton sentiment. There was not as much sexism Uh, As uh, we discussed, what were the what do you think could have played into Bernie not being able to win Michigan again?
2: Well, I am not a political analyst, so I think that the answer probably lies in the increase in voter turnout. And I don't know where that increase comes from, so I might have to pass that off to somebody who understands more. But, like, we saw a 33% increase in voter turnout across the state. And what I don't remember what numbers you just gave us, but a very significant increase in ballots cast in the Democratic primary and I just wonder you know where those votes come from are they are they young people who are turning 18 and who are choosing to vote with the Democratic Party are they people who didn't vote before who registered to vote because it's very easy to do now because of the law changes are they moderates who didn't like their choices in the Republican Party and decided it's an open primary you don't have to be registered in Michigan so you can you can go to the polls and just say you want to vote Democrat this year, people who perhaps don't want to vote for Donald Trump consider themselves a centrist and would prefer a Joe Biden presidency. So it's just, yeah, it's hard to tell what is driving that turnout. Audra, maybe you have a better idea.
1: Um, Well, I just wanted to mention kind of to that point, Carolyn, we had a um, Republican mayor on the east side of the state yesterday come out and say, I voted for Donald Trump in 2016, but I want my constituents to vote for Bernie or I'm sorry, for Joe Biden today, because, you know, I I don't really want another four years of of Donald Trump. And you're right that people can, you know, you do have to be registered like as a voter in the state of Michigan, but you don't have to walk up and say like, I'm a Democrat, give me that Democratic ballot. You can just say, you know, here you can have either a a Democratic ballot or a Republican ballot, or you can have just your local races and you don't have to vote in the primary at all. So you don't have to like flash a card showing that you're a, a Republican to get that Republican ballot, you can just ask. So it's very possible that some of the increased voter turnout was from Republicans who either, you know, didn't it didn't really matter if they voted for Trump because he's running for the most part unopposed without like a legitimate challenger. So they decided to cast a vote in the the Democratic primary just to, you know, get to have their say, especially because we didn't see as high of a, a voter turnout increase in that 18 to 29 bracket. That is a possibility. It's also really hard to poll in Michigan this year because of the these rule changes. There are so many more absentee ballots that an exit poll only gets you so far. So I think as you know the official results come in and we get those you know more detailed breakdowns, especially in counties where like national news organizations were looking toward. They were really looking toward Kent County. Um, they often look toward Macomb County as sort of a bellwether for the rest of the country. Even um, so, it'll be interesting to see where those you know bigger spikes of increases came from or where they didn't come from in terms of you know. Maybe maybe a college town or something, something else that would tend younger.
2: Yeah, and the other thing I would like to see is to look at Ottawa and Allegan County and just see the raw numbers of votes cast for Bernie 2016 versus 2020. I haven't looked at that, but I saw some other counties were doing this analysis and were kind of showing that Sanders got about the same number of votes as he did in 2016 are pretty close. And it was just that a lot of new voters came in and voted for Biden. So it doesn't seem like people were turned away from Sanders necessarily necessarily it's some other factor.
1: Yeah. And, and that's something that, you know, Bernie Sanders has been struggling with throughout, um, you know, the, the early state Super Tuesday, and then, you know, of course, our important Tuesday <laughs> set, um, where there has been a lot of talk of, you know, he has gotten fairly similar numbers to the numbers he got in 2016. But there's been kind of an in, an, an inability to grow that, that base into something even larger. And that was his big campaign promise that he was going to energize all of these young people to, to get out the vote. And when he was in Ann Arbor, you know, just before the the March 10th vote, he he kind of took this different turn, different tone of "We're going to get all of these people out to the polls." To he he asked all of these people at this big rally in Ann Arbor, "Please bring your friends to the polls. Please bring your family. Please, we need your vote." Like it was kind of a you know a, a request rather than a statement of confidence. So you saw that that narrative kind of shift.
2: Okay, so I just did what I said I would like to do, which is pull up the numbers from 2016 and. He got 13,900 votes in 2016. Bernie Sanders, that is. And Bernie Sanders got 13,672 in 2020. So, I mean, very very similar total numbers of votes cast. I I think that's interesting. Um, Whereas Hillary Clinton only got 7,000 votes to Biden's 17,000 in 2020.
0: Now, that is a number that might give the Democratic Party confidence when it comes to November. But with this increased turnout, um, it is worth noting that uh, Donald Trump, his incumbent numbers uh, actually were there was still technically a Michigan Republican primary uh, yesterday. That's true. (laughs) Trump won. Uh,
1: Surprise, surprise. I I don't
0: think that's a shock to anybody. But there were a lot of people that were casting votes. It looks like 24,000 509 people voted for uh, Donald Trump. With about the next closest thing was that's 92.6%. The next closest thing was about 4.7% of people being uncommitted. Now, um,
1: is is this Ottawa County or is it this is okay. For the state? Okay. Uh, okay, got it.
0: Or no, this that is was... Ottawa County.
1: Okay, I was gonna so, say, man, that seems low for so, the whole so state. Okay, I
0: mean, if, if, of of those three, uh, of those three figures, Donald Trump got the most. So, I mean, Ottawa is safely red. Sure. But, um,
1: However, the city of Holland proper went blue in 2016. Right. So.
0: Right. But but the, but the county as a whole, right, um, is, is traditionally. Almost always very red.
1: The other um, statewide thing that I wanted to mention, you know, we talked about Tulsi Gabbard getting some votes. She didn't get any delegates. But in the state now, this is, you know, partially because um, there were a lot of people that cast their absentee ballot. And then when their candidate dropped out, they just said, you know, forget it. I'm not going (laughs) to. I'm not going to go strike my ballot that's too much work, but Tulsi Gabbard got 9,458 votes statewide. Statewide, Michael Bloomberg, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, and Amy Klobuchar all got more votes than Tulsi Gabbard did. Now, obviously all of those people have dropped out at this point, and she did not get any delegates. Of the 125 delegates in the state, 122 have been awarded. We're, you know, waiting for those final results from a few other places. So, Biden got exactly 20 more delegates than than Bernie Sanders did right now. He got 71 and Bernie Sanders got 51. So, you know, at this point, it seems like Tulsi Gabbard is kind of a non-entity in terms of results. I, mean, I you know, right. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how long she's going to stick it out for moving forward.
0: Right. And I think as we as we wrap up here, as, as we talk about our kind of big takeaways from today, I, I think I, I might look a little bit ahead. And I think that the Democratic Party's biggest priority from now until November has to be getting those young voters back right. um, because Biden is is a significant shift in terms of policy. He is closer to the center, obviously, than someone like Bernie Sanders, who's much more progressive on things like healthcare, climate change, um, education. It'll be up to the Biden campaign and the Democratic Party as a whole to try and appeal to those young voters it, it might take some and he he will have to pick a running mate and we, we were talking about this it might take maybe yeah we were kind of the more progressive <laughs> wing
1: of yeah the we were all kind of talking about you know taking bets on you know not officially but you know it's who <laughs> um you know who who they would they would pick as as their running mate and you know we've we've seen some ideas being floated around but certainly nothing official and it i thought it was really fascinating to see um some people on on national news networks talking about all right well let's all just wrap this up and Go home. This seems pretty decided. Um, when that is not, in fact, the case, there are still quite a few states um, to go. Indiana doesn't even vote until the beginning of May. Um, we are not out of this yet, guys. Sorry. <laughs> there is a um, debate coming on Sunday that we will wrap about um, at the start of next week. But and it's a bit different, right?
0: Uh, well, it's going to be a one-on-one debate, right? Which is significant, but also there's no audience, and that's partly due to the coronavirus, right? Season, yeah. It's also, Sanders and Biden will be sitting. Bay, mm-hmm. It'll it'll
1: be a um, a much more kind of relaxed, more like a
0: forum, than right?
1: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see the candidates in um, that sort of setting rather than you know where we started this, where we had ten candidates on two nights and we had twenty voices kind of all shouting over each other, and you know how how the the climate. Um, of the race has changed since those those early moments, so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how that dynamic will progress as as those delegates continue to be up for grabs and as that national convention gets closer and closer.
0: All right, and then Carolyn, did you have anything else to add?
1: She's shaking her head no and is laughing. <laughs> oh. It was a long night over at the Holland Sentinel, so oh. we're excited to get some some more breakdowns and uh, talk to to the people in our our um, local millages and, and get all that info to you guys. But until the next 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 debate (laughs) yeah i
0: think that'll do it for us carolyn it was great to have you thanks for sitting in with us.
1: thanks for joining us
0: all right and for carolyn for audra i am arpan and this has been another episode of from the newsroom with the holland center